the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Gecko Extract. Add it to soups, stews, or eat it raw for a burst of gecko flavor. My name's Aaron, here are my personal pals, Brick. No lizards are harmed in the extracting of the extract. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's talk to Dave. Morning, boys. Thank you. And, of course, we have new Mainer Nico. Mainest. Main- new Mainest yes. Nico. There we go. Uh, speaking of new Mainest Nico, this is a topic that comes from new Mainest Nico. Nico, tell us what's going on here. I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about uh, historical details in novels. Hmm. Uh, so we recently just read, as a group, From Hell, yeah, which is... Alan Morris graphic novel about Jack the Ripper, which is absolutely chock full of historical references, historical details, historical everything. Yeah. Like almost everything. I would say 90% plus has a source in, in that book. Yeah. Whether it's like, this is what this church actually looks like, or like he read it in a, in a previous book and used it or something. I also recently read Babel by R.F. Kuang, which is a book that came out in December. That uh, is, it's so so it it calls itself an arcane history, like instead of a novel, and but it is a it is in fact a fantasy novel with magic spells and the silver silver based magic, and it's basically the magic system is a is a metaphor for colonialism and racism in hmm. especially in 19th century England. So it's like similar world to from hell. The historical part is clearly like a big part of it because it is a a metaphor for colonialism and whatnot. But at the same time like she has a like a two-page forward where she's like I know like some people won't be happy with my portrayal of oxford and like this pub isn't in the right place and it's like but there's magic in your book and it takes place in 1830 so like what difference does it make if the pub isn't in the right place right Uh, so yeah i wanted to see what you guys think what what do the historical details add how much do you need what do they can they subtract etc i don't really give a shit about historical fiction like it's not a thing i think some people do quite a bit right and they like really like that whole like oh this thing's happened but also historical figures or whatever i don't that doesn't interest me i don't really read many the the only one i can think of that and, and i even love this book but it was okay was uh jonathan strange and and mr norrell hmm. which does something similar to to what you're describing and i think the sort of historical context of that created i don't want to say shortcut because that's not it but it it lets the author do some interesting things without needing to like build the whole world. Right. And so instead you're comparing as opposed to building. Hmm. And I think that's, that's an interesting approach, but I think more often than not, when I think of historical fiction, it's like, Oh, this guy was also there with George Washington. You just didn't know his name. He's the fourth guy on the boat behind the thing in the painting. And like, I don't, I, 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 I mean, it comes down to execution, I suppose, but I, I, I can't think of a bunch of historical novels that I like. I bet you if you name some, there's probably more than Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell that I can think of. But well, right. so, so one of the things is that every novel is a historical novel because every novel, right. like almost <laughs> right. every novel has, sure. like any novel that takes place that's not a fantasy novel, that's right. not completely inventing a world, is like you're saying, like it takes the, the, the world as the background and, and puts a fiction on top of it. And I think that's so. What's our what's our time period cutoff for a novel? Well, becoming? that's one of my questions. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, like, uh, so a book I read recently that we'll be discussing in depth in a later episode, Danis Beatus, Son Arabia, is technically historical fiction set in 2004. And a lot of the, some of the significant events in that story are drawn from news events at the time, especially the, the uh, Iraq war and stuff like that. So there is, and there are details that make that a historical novel, but it's not really historical fiction. We wouldn't call it that, certainly. But it does have, I mean, 2004 was almost, it's like 18 years ago, right? 19. Years ago, 19 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like, that's, that's a long time. Maybe not as long as, you know, from hell, from right. our period now, but still enough distance for things to have changed. So I wonder if historical fiction, if we have to define it in terms of the approach of the narrative. I think historical fiction, I think of, like from hell, real people who are sort of, whose story is told in narrative as opposed to told in just like a fiction, a non-fictional account, like a report or an essay, right? Compared to like set in historical time, but with totally fictional characters. That feels different, right? Like if I, if I wrote a story about Pearl Harbor, the, the attack on Pearl Harbor, and it was like the movie Pearl Harbor, which like fictional characters, mostly... Right. That would be like a novel. But if it was like, here's a story of this one guy who was a real person in Pearl Harbor and like what his life might have been like that feels like historical fiction. Right. Is that, right. is that a valid distinction or is that fake? I mean, I think that the, one of the problems is that there's like a thousand different ways to, mm. to meld. It's just, it's almost like, it's almost like an element, like first person or third person in a novel. It's like, where, when does it take place? Where does it take place? Right. Does it take place in roughly the same time period that you're publishing it in place? Right. Like, so if, if like you're publishing a novel now that takes place in 2016 America, like it's basically the same. Yeah. Unless you're talking about like Donald Trump being president. Yeah. But I, you still have cell phones and that Yeah, kind of I, I think to Aaron's point, I think what probably would be the defining factor is either real people or real events, maybe real places being like integral to the, the the main plot or theme yeah right as opposed to setting right because I, I think there's always going to be some element of real in uh because if, even if you just you know quote unquote victorian england right i don't know why i said quote unquote there that didn't make sense but <laughs> no brag points for me but you said something in victorian england even just by calling it victorian england right there's a reference there right and so right there's a ton of references, right? But and and like you were saying earlier, that uh, that can allow you to kind of skip yeah. a lot of the background. But I don't think that would instantly make it historical fiction, like Karen's saying, right? Like I think the the history angle of it needs to be pertinent, yeah, to to the main thrust of the story. Otherwise, it's just a backdrop, right? Yeah, like the the story, but, the yeah. novel, I haven't read the book you're talking about, Nico, but. But from what it sounds like you described, my thing is like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know that it, it doesn't matter that those aren't the critics. Because like this word is already different enough from the real world that like yeah. who gives a shit? Like it's yeah. obviously not a historical accounting of Oxford at the time. But something like from hell, you know, Alan Moore tells us in the appendix that he sort of massages facts here and there. But for the most part, it's a pretty accurate accounting of what happened, right? Like, except well, for the the invented for stuff about central right storyline, which is that this guy, this one specific guy, is Jack the Ripper, right? And that is completely unfounded, right? But everyone who's discussed was real. They all existed right. there. They were in this place and then they did these things for the right. most part, except for William Gall. And so he is sort of like 
making this sort of like donut around the sort of the, the one absence, which is like, we don't know what actually happened here and filling in what he thinks is the most intriguing or at least right. interesting narrative angle there. So in that case, like I do want it to be real. If someone was like, Oh, by the way, it turns out that like these churches, uh, you know, aren't actually like this. I'd be like, Oh, that sucks. Like, that's like, right. it ruins the power of that story. And so, cause it's so much is built on your trust in mm-hmm. more the writer and Campbell, the artist, uh, to render a sort of historically accurate text with right. invention along with it. So I, I think it's important. I think they are important, probably. But it also depends on what I'm trying to get out of the story in the first place. Right. Yeah, so I, I think that any novel that is not taking place in the present time is calling attention to that time period. Because it, then yeah. it's like, because basically the time and place that you're writing the book is kind of taken for granted. And if you're going outside of that, then you're calling attention to it. Right. And it's kind of the same as Brick was saying. It's like if you – so like for instance, if you have cops in your book, then you're invoking the the reader's idea of cops. And right. You're, you're bringing in like everything that they would think of, like the kind of cars they drive, the kind of gear that they wear, the kind of uniforms they wear, et cetera, et cetera. If you call them instead like, I don't know fucking you know eloquous yeah (laughs) eloquous or yeah or there was that china medieval novel where they're called breach Mm, it's like as soon as you call them something different and you give them a different uniform then that is creating something different and then you have to create it from the ground up right and it's kind of the same with with historical novels because like if you go to a different time period you have to build that time period almost from the ground up Right, and if you go to Victorian England, you might have a couple of like ideas about what Victorian England is like, but you still have to build a lot of it, like well, way more. And it has yeah, to, I, and it has to be a story that is has can only happen in Victorian England. Right. I, the I mean, really, what it comes down to is categorizing it as largely a bookstore, library, and online list problem. As right, way. whether it's a, a fictional novel that takes place in a historical setting or historical fiction, does it? Is there actually a difference? Probably not. I think. I mean, you can just you can follow that logic back just to semiotics and like the nature of language and and what do words have any meaning? Right, it's impossible to tell a story without making references because that's how yeah. language works. You know, so like there's no way to divorce it unless you. I guess unless you do Finnegan's Wake, right? That's like the one guy that tried, and it's just nonsense, you know? Uh, right. But yeah, I think you're right. I think any, like literally any novel, you know, to a degree, that's that takes place in, in something relatively realistic is, is a historical novel, right? Unless it's right. In, intentionally being different or it's intentionally being futuristic or it's... Right. Uh, you know, intentionally trying to to skirt that, you just have to, right? Yeah. And and so, in in like most things, like you're saying, like if it's intentionally futuristic, that's still commentary on your present time. Well, yeah, of course, but no one's gonna call an Arthur C. Clarke thing about humanity in seventy five seventy five historical fiction, even right. though it follows that same. Yeah. But it's the same. It's the same if it's historical. It's still con- so like from like to bring back to from hell like for Touchstone like he says that the eighteen eighties is a microcosm of the twentieth century, right? And Jack the Ripper is a microcosm of the eighteen eighties, so that like everything in the twentieth century is part of this Jack the Ripper story. Yeah, I, I think the 
one of the points of fiction is to shed a light on, I mean, it's to entertain, but it's to, I think, or at least, you know, literary fiction or, or, or more highbrow stuff is to, in some way, present commentary on a present. Right. right or a culture or, or whatever else and i think there are some and i think from hell's one of them there are some things that are more pointedly they're still doing that but they are very specifically also targeting a, a locus point for that right? And, right and that's different than setting something in the past right setting a cool sci-fi you know like steampunk in victorian area that's like more an aesthetic choice than a thematic choice right and and so you know when you have books that like are very intentionally saying like this is this time and place and this is important to what it is because you know right because these historical things happen. right correct yeah. right and yeah i mean you have to you're gonna have to account for how an audience what their conception of that time is and, and sort of the, the major sort of figures of it, whatever, and then how your story might intersect those stories or not and what that might mean, right? right? Like if you set, I don't know, if you read a story that's set on the Titanic, I guess you have to deal with the Titanic, right? You have to deal right. with those those things. But I guess I think about that book I read about a year ago now, The Lifespan of a Fact, which was about journalism. It was about sort of like, it was about nonfiction. But I think in similar terms with this, this conversation too, like, what responsibility do you have to tell the truth, right? So in that that book, it was about a debate between a writer and an editor about what you can get away with, right? So this was the, mm. just to quickly recap, it was reporting on a kid who had killed himself, had, had jumped off a building in Las Vegas. And the writer who wrote the story for this publication had massaged some of the facts to make a thesis about suicide in America and, and Las Vegas specifically. And it turned out the fact checker found some stuff that didn't hold up, that wasn't true. And it was like, well, what did you, why did you change this? This isn't right. And the writer was like, well, yeah, but it makes more sense. It fits the theme better. And the fact checker was like, but it's not truth. And the writer was like, what is truth? Right. That kind right. of thing. So in nonfiction journalism, there's a different, I think, level of what you can get away with or what's allowable maybe. But I think it kind of applies to the historical fiction too, right? right? If you fuck with it too much, like then you're, you're going to lose the veneer of what you want to, if that's what you want to accomplish, right? right. If you're just trying to tell a fantasy story, that happens to have the vibe of flapper culture in the twenties in America. Fine. Right. Whatever. I don't give a shit. But, but also, so if you are trying to tell that story, it has to look a little bit like flapper culture. Has like to be you plausible. Have to, you have, yeah, you have to actually include some details that set it there. Right. But and your audience historical will historical detail. Like, true. But your audience will probably accept a facsimile of that yeah. right a close approximation based on cultural right. perceptions or like vibes basically vibes vibes based <laughs> exactly yes yeah. it will accept a vibes version whereas if your story is about the Lindbergh baby kidnapping it must be close to accurate right, right. because otherwise then like what are you doing here Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that that comment just made me think of those people who, like, comb through historical novels just, like, looking for gotcha <laughs> inaccuracies. Right, right. Inauthenticity. I mean, ridiculous. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is semantics, too, like you guys are talking about. Like, like look at A Tale of Two Cities and Jane Eyre. They were both written, like, roughly the same time, maybe a decade or so apart. Totally fictional characters, decades, you know, previous to the writing of the book. But like Dickens feels like historical fiction because it's characters navigating like an incident that we all studied in, in school. Whereas Jane Eyre right. is just a character navigating life. 
So it feels yeah. like for that reason, like Dickens, the Tale of Two Cities, this historical fiction where Jane Eyre is not. But like, you know, if you want to call Jane Eyre historical fiction, then go for it. Like, what does it really matter? And there's an argument to be made for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's like what what's the difference between historic like a Hillary Mantle novel that takes place in the time period of Jane Eyre and Jane Eyre, which just takes place in the present time place. Right. Brick mentioned in a discussion of There, There by Tommy Orange for our Canada Canada episode that this is like a good record of the aughts, right? Kind of like sort of a, a certain period of time. And I think he's right about that. But like in the, in, you know, the future, people might read There, There to look and be like, oh yeah, this is what like was like in the, you know, 2000s and that sort of early period. The same way we might look at Jane Eyre and be like, oh yeah, this period of time when you wore like right. a bunch of petticoats and... Yeah, you know, uh, had to ride a horse or uh, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things for me is that it, uh, you know, like you guys mentioned semantics like a couple of times, and it's basically just like, what do you call this thing? Like, what word do you use? Mm-hmm. But I think there's like it's just such a sliding scale for all of these things. It's like what what percentage is based on real things? What percentage is you know accurate? Accurate, what percentage what what percentage is communicated to the reader that's going to be accurate versus not fictionalized yeah and i think that's that's one of those things that 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 thing aaron that you were talking about where where it's a journalist and it's like so if it's a journalist writing a journalistic story then everybody assumes that it's accurate and then that's that's what the the friction is where it's like if it's a historical novel, then, you know, it's it's just opens it up a lot more. And what yeah. pissed me off about this book that I read is that it's called a history. It's not called a novel. Right. It's called a history. It's a fucking fantasy novel. And it's like, all right, motherfucker, like, <laughs> talk about semantics. Like, there's a difference between calling your book. Like, it's not, it's not like the arcane history of this thing. Right. A novel. No, it's called an arcane history instead of a novel and that that to me is like when semantics like goes wrong yeah and like you're just mislabeling something that feels like nerd bait that feels like it's trying to to lure yeah. in readers to be like oh you want history well check this out this is a historical yeah novel and it's like well yeah. maybe not exactly it 100 percent got me too because like i didn't know until i got it in my hands because right. it's like the subtitle is like a, an arcane history of the oxford translators revolution Right. I was like, all right, that sounds like that could have happened. <laughs> and, and then I'd never heard of this, but yeah, maybe and so. immediately they're like, the spells on the fucking Tower of Babel in the middle yeah. of Oxford. And it's like, oh, okay, this is a fantasy novel. Yeah, that's like funny, like yeah. trickery, right? And and kind of in a meta way or kind of like a sort of like a playing with genre way that's kind of cool. But also I, I probably would be pissed too. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck? Uh, Just like put a novel at the bottom of all of your shit. Like, just yeah, it's a novel. Right. This is made up. Yeah. You know, one I keep thinking about as we're discussing, just thinking of examples, and one that seems to kind of like almost sit the nexus of all this in some ways. And I'm sure there are several examples too, but this one just sticks out to me. It's just Slaughterhouse Five, okay. which is a really yeah. good historical novel about World War right. II. And if it's not, it's like partly memoir, partly science fiction fantasy novel partly historical novel partly it's like so much right. it does so much right because it yeah it has that novel thing and then but then real real events like intersect with it yeah and it's based on vonnegut's real experiences right yeah yeah i mean it's centered around and then it goes to outer space well yeah, yeah right yeah. exactly it's it's 
but and even you're right, Dave. But even those fantasy elements taken together with the historical give you a, a really acute sense of the experience of being a soldier at that sure. time and and how dealing with trauma must be like, right? So it, it's like it's realer than real, but it's definitely not real, but also is totally real. It's like a, it's a it sort of confounds all these definitions, which is you know it's part of his success, obviously. Right. But but it sounds like this novel that you're talking about is maybe not of the same caliber. <laughs> I guess it's one of the greatest American novels. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. <laughs> okay. It's just it's just like you just have to like call your shot a little bit just be more honest with me and i feel like that's more of a publishing thing than a than a writing thing yeah and so the one i also thought of was a ragtime by oh yeah yeah doctoral which is like it's very much a novel that has like a set of characters that are did not exist but it intersects with henry ford and like all these historical characters yeah and kind of sets it sets it in a very specific time and when I think of historical fiction, that's the kind of book I think of. Yeah. yeah. War and Peace, too, right? War and Peace also does yeah. that. It sort of, yeah. like, is mostly fictional characters, but, like, Napoleon's a character in that novel, too, and gets, like, narration, yeah. right? So, right. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. But I think you're right. I think that they're probably, ultimately, this is a marketing question, and sort of how do you position your text to an audience and what makes it palatable to the market or not. Well, that's but, part of it, but yeah. it's also, like, so much, like, what do you use in book yeah and what's your responsibility to to truth right like what's your responsibility to the time and to accurate reporting and you know a novelist can kind of do pretty much anything but if you are attempting to tell a story like even from hell which you know more acknowledges is not real it's not he doesn't even believe the theory no he just finds it interesting to tell but if someone picked this up and was like oh wow this is what happened to jack the ripper he'd be like well but no you have to know this is not true and they're yeah and they're also i think from hell is is really interesting for one thing, since we read it all, but yeah. because he sources so many things, yeah, that at a certain point, like late in the book, I would get to like kind of a, a weird detail and think like, well, I mean, I'm just gonna believe it's true. It's <laughs> like he sourced everything else. Yeah, this must uh, mean something. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like so 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 strange that I don't think he made it like, I don't think he made up any of the details. Well, like stuff like there's a part where the, I think isn't gull goes to meet William Butler Yates. Right. And talks to him. Yeah. And he's like, he criticizes Yates for his political activism or whatever. And more is like, this probably didn't happen, but like it could have <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Right. Yeah. Like, well, but yeah, it could have, so. but, but it like every record that we have, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> points that they were in the same place and right. like they went to the same clubs and like all this kind of shit yeah probably would have had a reaction of some kind yeah. it just they saw it. each other across the room did right. they talk i don't know but like they were in the same room right it just yeah. speaks that history thing of history thing of like you know the iceberg like yeah what we know of history is so little like there's so much that goes on that like this will not be recorded well i guess it's recorded literally on audio <laughs> but like the things that we're doing on a daily basis don't get recorded, but they are a part of history. They're just not the, right. the part that gets sort of like you know read later on. Yeah, I mean, there's already been like those kind of video games where it's like pieced mm. together, you know, Facebook statuses and shit. Right, right. You know, which is like the modern kind of history of like somebody who's not a historical character's life. Yeah, if you want to make your novel historical fiction, have the character have a MySpace profile. See what that does to you. Oh, there you go. That shows up in Dana Spiata's novel as well. <laughs> More on that later. Listeners, tell us your thoughts on this debate. Or not even really a debate, just kind of a question. You know, what's what's the 
what's the role of truth here? What's the role of fact in historical fiction? You can talk to us. You can email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash yakbabies, where we have our bonus podcast for $1 a month. Wow, that's all we're asking. You can get so much there. Games, discussions about our personal lives, uh, lots of blackmail material if you want to get us in trouble later on. But even fun things like a whole uh, series of episodes about 101 ghost jokes and we rank them in order of hilarity and hilarity ensues indeed lots of fun there please check it out and while you're doing so give us some some brag points in the comment section more about that in other episodes check that out um, also our merch tinyurl.com slash jackbabies where you can get access to all kinds of bonus mer- merchandise produced by brick good designs they're really funny imagine wearing a shirt with an m&m on it that says let reason have its day who what could that possibly mean who knows but your friends will be baffled and intrigued a lot of fun Check that out. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. (laughs) 